You know what it is. This is Joe. And Cheryl. And I'm Ray. And this is No True Bill. Welcome to season two, baby, baby. Today, Ray's gonna hit us with a cold case. Start the season off right. Let's go. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, uh, so some preliminary things before we're going. We're gonna let Ray uh, yeah, still get, yes. get his uh, get his mind right over there. Um, I think I'm. More, more or less good to go. Or whatever. I toss out some ideas to Cheryl. It's gonna be garbage. About you know this is this is season two episode one, bro. This is at least the first one we recorded. I mean, it have to be the first one we drop. Well, I, I guess you're right, but we don't have enough product. We, we don't have to, any other content. Oh, we ain't ready because <laughs> we ain't doing nothing. I got three cases I have identified, but done no work on. Yeah, and I've got a couple myself. Ain't done nothing. Been listening to audiobooks instead. Thanks, Ray. It's your fault, dude. Yeah, I've been, I've been staring not. at walls when I get home <laughs> for fun. I've been ripping through audiobooks. So, uh, but one thing I was thinking maybe we could think about doing. You know, uh-huh. I, I think. I listened to some of us yesterday. I was working on a treadmill <clears throat> trying to fix and uh <laughs> and and I had us on and I was like, man. You gotta edit his last name out if we keep this. That's, right. That's true. That's true. You just called like, man, that that opening stuff that I'm sure everybody fast forwards through our little disclaimer is tired. It's weary and it's tired. And maybe we could revamp it for season two with all three of us together and you know because we try i tried to do it in a way that made it sound like semi-professional like but let's just do the the jig is up so you're saying we're going to do it like the wire we're going to have the same theme song every year but it's going to be slightly different different artists different versions same thing yes hmm just like the wire but i mean how do you feel about starting off i mean you are then the docs i mean right that this is where we're isn't season two the docs Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stevedores. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 But anyway, Frank, Frank so Sabatka. Just, just something, something I'm throwing out there and the to Greeks. think maybe we could pop, pop, pop. Hey, we're just having fun. This ain't legal advice. Yeah. Deuces. You know, maybe we could cut it down. But don't a get bit. it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Anyway, just we just, we just out here talking. Just having fun. Uh, the, I got to get my situation right. I'm all. I don't know why. Why have we not thrown away that chair? That know. chair has not worked since I started working here. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, all right, y'all, let's go live. <laughs> so I'm just like, like got to get taller, a bigger chair, or something. I'm fine. I'm struggling. Ooh, sorry, that was probably. Oh. I, I dragged a chair in here for you. There was not one. Yeah. So oh. what so you're looking fault. for is thank you, Shirley. Dickbag sniping my, sh- my Stop chair. Call me Shirley. Yes, Shirley. AKA Bunny. AKA Bunny. But, Bunny Coleman. Uh, so another thing <laughs> that we can talk about right quick before Ray gets started is uh, I've been. I've been digging into a Patreon, okay? Because we I, we need to get paid. I need to offset some of these L's, okay? And <laughs> I've been so, out here taking L's for months, y'all. <laughs> so uh here's here's what I was thinking. So I'm I'm looking at how to set it up and all that. And and they have like they got like monthly pledges and stuff, right? Like you could like subscribe as a Patreon to us if you feel so inclined. And what we can offer them, here's what I was thinking of. Tell me, tell me how you feel about it. Early access to new episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I like that. Exclusive content. Yeah. And I'm wondering, maybe an occasional shout out, you know, you know, like they do on OnlyFans, you know, like, oh, that was a big tip. Come on, Timmy. Whatever, you know. Are you that familiar with OnlyFans? I am not that familiar with that. I've, <laughs> I've tried to convince my wife to do that since she became unemployed, but she just, <laughs> she say her feet ain't pretty enough. Um. Anyway, just some ideas tossing out there. So if anybody has any ideas of stuff they would want on the Patreon, uh, let us know. But I'm thinking early access to, to episodes because you know sometimes people, you or know, you they, get them some some screenshots of people's notes. Oh and yeah, random things we write on them, special content like that. Well, my yeah, man, my man Keith has been on that one. Yeah, oh, he was. He's actually it's weird. He's got a strange fixation. He's like, I want to see Cheryl's notes. Mm, now, he didn't say mine. No, he no, didn't no. say he wants to see yours. He's no, like, I want to see Cheryl's, Cheryl's notes. notes. Yeah. They're um, all handwritten. They're mess. Yeah, but I like your handwriting. It's yeah, like you got, loopy. Got, it's yeah, beautiful. No, it's pretty handwriting. Um, so, yeah, okay. So we can get that stuff. Plus, here's what I'm thinking maybe. 
maybe exclusive episodes occasionally. Maybe ones that push some say, boundaries. Maybe ones that we didn't release publicly because we were concerned about how well received they would be. Indeed. And so if yeah. you're a Patreon, then that tells us you're already down with our humor. You dig it. You're going to appreciate it. We probably could have done it better if uh, we knew we weren't going to release it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so, well, oh, so I mean, maybe we won't go too overboard. You know. But yeah, no, I feel you on that. I think a little, little something, something that maybe, you know, maybe. You got to give them something you can't give everybody. Yeah, right. right. Why else would they pay? Right. Right. Something no, to I entice agree. them. I agree. Uh, you know what I think some of those things could be? Maybe um, maybe some of those <clears throat> concepts we had originally for the show. You know, maybe little, <laughs> little yeah. ditties about stuff segments. and butts and yeah. segments. And that is true. We could just do like... Uh, some it, of maybe our variety shows segments. Yeah, won't even be true crime. <laughs> we'll yeah. just be doing dumb shit. Like, <laughs> y'all want to tune into this sideshow act? Yeah. Come throw money at us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. For or sure. if Celsius would like to pay us like yes. they did Flowrida, mm-hmm. that would be cool too. Man, you've been hitting the Celsius lately too. Yeah, you've, you've been like, I feel like you pick. You know what I mean? Like you go through phases, well, and right I now try, I feel like you're on Celsius hard. I'm, I'm, I'm bang for life, but mm. with the whole, I ain't seen you it, with a bang in your hand in a minute, bro. It, I'm not. I'm calling you shit. Well, it's because they they're with the whole I don't know whatever litigation shit they've been involved in. You can't find them anywhere, at least mm. compared to before. Yeah. So, dude, you got me on that ghost jump. Yeah, dude, the ghost is fire. Ghost is fire. That, Every, that all things ghost is fire. The the can, oh, the oh, actual yeah. protein powder. Oh yeah, bro. This this uh, apple cinnamon donut protein powder I got the other day. Mm-hmm. As an it. old person with no energy, I have no idea what any of you are talking about. <laughs> well, see, Ray, this, Ray put me on this ghost tip, and I was having to drive all the way across the state last week. You talk about energy drinks at this Actually, point. Actually, okay. you went pretty close to where this happened oh you don't say that's right i do say i, oh, I know bang is an energy drink but yes but you you, you did mention to me this morning that this was another ohio oh yes. H-I-O. Mm-hmm. that's where we're going we're going back to ohio on this is thing. it marietta is it right there it okay. is marietta oh i could see it from my hotel that's hotel yep. yeah <laughs> hotel hotel that's that's swiss for hotel um <laughs> german mm. so all right uh yeah i guess i'm gonna we, we want to get started this, get after it ray all right so tell me a story i'm not gonna tell you the person's name because that will reveal itself later i'm gonna keep that one under wraps mm-hmm. a little bit of intrigue mm. so marietta that means marietta ohio uh-huh um february 7th 1981 Ooh, 81 mm. so we about what 40 couple years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. Um, your my sister was born Old lady, <laughs> for for those of you who aren't familiar with Marietta, Ohio, the little town that is, uh, me being the the geography demographics. Oh yeah, guy, you're all about it. I seventy seven, baby. It's about two and a half hours southeast of Columbus, mm-hmm. and or no, I'm sorry, two hours southeast of Columbus, two mm-hmm. and a half hours southwest of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. right in that southeastern corner of uh, Ohio, just across the, across the Ohio river from the general Parkersburg, West Virginia area. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's across the river from what is it? Williamston or something. Tom it's right there. Yeah. Right down the way from, from Parkersburg. Uh, that Marietta is the County seat of Washington County, Ohio, mm-hmm. which as of at present, I don't know if maybe they've had, you know, population decline or increase. I have no idea, but as of roundabout right now, that's 60,000 folks in that County. Marietta is about 13,000. Um, and so February 7th, 1981, Lieutenant, this is one's interesting since your name is Joseph Ray. Mm-hmm. This guy's name is Ray Clark, but he goes by Joe. Um, sure. Okay. So Lieutenant Joe Clark, who is a deputy with the Washington County Sheriff's Department is at his house, uh, watching a basketball game with his wife mm-hmm. the evening. And Joe gets up, goes into the kitchen and wife hears a sort of bang pop something of that effect um goes in to see what has what has happened she finds joe on the ground unresponsive oh no he apparently has only got got in his kitchen initially they didn't know she apparently had a history of some heart related you know cardiac related issues Mm -hmm. he had fallen um, I guess there was a little bit of blood on a portion of the counter. She thought maybe he fell, struck his, his head, head, and mm. that was that. Mm-hmm. And um, But no readily apparent sources of trauma visible 
to the exterior of his person. Mm -hmm. So they rush him to the hospital. They think, oh, might have been a heart attack, right? Yeah. They get there and they look at him. The, the doctors do and they go, this wasn't no heart attack. Dude got got. And they're, they're checking him over. He succumbed to a gunshot wound to the head. But I feel like that would be super duper bloody. You would think, um, but I what? guess not in what? this case. What? questions go ahead so so basically i did, i mean it is strange that you don't notice right that. on scene a gunshot well, i mean the, is there a hole in your window was someone in the house i got so many questions well yeah so the the scene um processing that comes up later but so yeah i agree how how you don't recognize just based on the physical scene i don't i don't know but mm -hmm. doctors go no 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 he's been shot and he's he's dead. Um, Yikes! So they secure the scene, and I guess at this point, maybe in their initial haste just to render medical aid, they scoop him out of there. And everybody's at the hospital. They think he had a heart attack. They're not really looking at anything. Mm -hmm. But then now, oh wait, somebody shot him. They go back to we got to get back there. <laughs> yeah, we got to get back to the scene now. <laughs> now. So they go back and they do see that a window in the kitchen has been blown out. Wow! And they notice that across the wall from where the window is up toward the ceiling on an upward trajectory there are shotgun pellets up in the wall and ceiling well so um der. they go wait a second hold on. somebody was outside this kitchen window waited for him to walk in and blasted him what? so i shotgun and you're mistaken for a heart attack yeah i, I, I don't know and who don't hear that so right well the window blow you up. don't suppress a shotgun well i mean she heard a bang and she actually said that she thought that perhaps and maybe there was a little bit of broken glass that she identified immediately because there was some comment the investigators made in the in the episode about she thought maybe a, a light bulb had burst mm, like sounded akin to that oh yeah what are your sources on this bro so this is just straight up i was perusing on netflix one day and i think there's an episode or a show like a little mini series called uh cold case files or something oh yeah like just that. a little ditty just yeah. a little ditty called some, cold case files like that. i mean I there's like, only like eight episodes it's not something it's not that's, the oh, yeah okay. yeah i don't think it's not like that one from mysteries or anything okay. yeah um and you know they've got the little titles to each episode and this yeah. one i forget what it was called but it something piqued my interest something to do with like unsolved cop dead or something like that you know <laughs> what i mean I, sure they got um, you yeah i was like ooh. <laughs> um so then immediately they, this goes from a suspected medical emergency to an ambush murder of a law enforcement officer in his home. Yeah, it really changed the game, didn't it? <clears throat> right. So deputies now are canvassing the area, trying to do whatever they can in the initial stages of the investigation. And they come in contact with north of 10 folks who say in the vicinity of Lieutenant Clark's house, around about the time of this bang, they saw an idling blue Ford Pinto just chilling. And at least one person said there was a guy behind the wheel. It wasn't an unoccupied vehicle. There was mm -hmm. actually somebody in the car. And when I walked by, the guy like tried to obscure his face. I don't know if mm -hmm. he bladed his hand. If he looked down with his hand, he bladed his face. Or if he looked down, yeah, steering wheel, gangster lean. The gangster lean. Yeah, you know. Derek, what's up? Um, and uh, does he listen to the show? What you do? I don't know. Hopefully, he will we'll after out. that shout out. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So basically, they're like, okay, there's this parked car. The person inside's being real squirrely. I don't know what's up. Um, and then somebody actually went so far as to say, and I don't know. They didn't explain how this person came to this conclusion. Whether they saw something, heard something, and were just that familiar with it. But somebody was like. Yeah, I did go by that Pinto, and like right after I did, I heard a shotgun blast. Mm. So I don't know how that person knew it was a shotgun versus a pistol. Come but to think of it, I heard a twelve gauge, probably two and a half inch shell, <laughs> maybe a double lot buck. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what my ear tells me. That's yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But apparently, this guy was like, "Nope, it was a shotgun blast. Don't get it twisted." Um, and so they didn't ex ex explain this to my satisfaction but apparently based i guess on the layout of the scene they concluded and, and from the jump they had it in their minds and they believe firmly that there were two people there was a driver and a shooter okay um i don't know if maybe i, I don't i don't know 
for whatever reason, I guess maybe they're saying that maybe it's the guy who said it was a shotgun blast, but his estimation of how quickly he heard the blast after he saw the dude sitting in the idling Could car have been that the was driving away. It had right. to have been somebody else. That, maybe that that's how sense. they pieced it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then the following morning, they go back out to the house. They canvass the general area, I guess, between where this Pinto was said to be idling and the window that was shot through. Um, and they locate a print in the soil that looks to be consistent with like a combat boot. Okay. And there's also a shotgun shell. A That's good. Number uh, number four buck mm. shotgun shell. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that means nothing to me, absolutely nothing. But I thought it might to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, just the size of the the pellet shot. You know, like if you, you hear double lot, right. you know that that's generally. I don't know. Someone's going to yell at me. There, there may be bigger, but I mean that's like uh, double or <clears throat> double lot when you shoot it. It's normally I think eight or nine pellets, and they're all the size of a nine millimeter round. So if you get hit with that, it's like you got hit. It's like you got fifty cented at one shot. Okay. Um, but a number four shot is going to be a smaller pellet, but still. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it qualifies as birdshot. I'm gonna Google it. <clears throat> well, Continue. apparently, it's, uh, they called it throughout. They called it number four buck. Mm-hmm. Okay, buckshot. so it's not birdshot. It's buckshot. There you go. Um, but so quickly, as you can imagine, I mean, immediately, this case becomes the highest profile case in this jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, and for some reason that no one can to date really understand, the sheriff at the time decides to delegate or, or yeah, delegate a sign, whatever primary investigative, uh, the, the primary investigative role in this case to an, a deputy who was 26 years old and had never investigated a homicide in his life. Cut your teeth on this one, buddy. That's it great. Was, it was your former like supervisor and mentor, Lieutenant Clark. Go ahead, go solve it. Was that a thing you think? Like, okay, this guy doesn't have experience, but he's got skin in the game. This is his homie that went down. He gonna- I guess. I mean, you would think that you it's think one of your own. The entire that. department, yeah. right, would feel that way. And rather than give it to seasoned investigators, he's like, here you go, young buck. Who doesn't know what he's doing? Go ahead. So this guy, 26, first homicide. He's like, okay, I guess I'll see what I can do. And um, one of the first things that investigators learn is or, or maybe they were already aware of and it was one of the the clues initially jumping out uh at them was two days before he got shot clark gave a fairly well-publicized statement to local media outlets to include the print media mm-hmm. about a forthcoming drug bust he said, uh, "An about to happen, yeah, not he, just did happen, but about to happen." decision. No, pretty much, pretty much, as I understand it, got we in kicking front of, indoors tomorrow, bro. Warrants, pr- pretty much. <laughs> yeah, apparently gave a presser and was like, "Flush them drugs now, boys. We coming." Yeah, pretty much. He gave a presser oh and gosh. said, "In the next few days, I'm naming names, but y'all know who you are. Don't get it twisted. We coming." Sort of. What? He wanted to die. Did I mean, he, he also wanted all of the evidence that they were potentially going to find to be destroyed. Yeah. That's the part about it that doesn't make sense to me. I'd worry less about somebody hurting me and more about we ain't going to find nothing because I've just put everybody on notice. Right. Um, oh, uh, I can. It, oh, yes. I, I can chime in. Number four buck, not to be confused with number four shot, is one of the most popular home defense buckshot sizes on the market for a 12 gauge shotgun. It's devastating at close range but doesn't penetrate nearly as much as double lot buck. Number four buck will faux show kill a large deer. So humans wearing normal clothing won't stand much of a chance at close range. At longer ranges, number four buck may not be ideal for bringing down or neutralizing a threatening human or other large animal. All right. There you go. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, <laughs> number, number four, four buck. buck. There it is. <laughs> so uh, coincidentally, two days before, as I said, before the murder, he gives this big presser the day of the murder i guess the morning of that story ran in the print media in the local newspaper so real close in time yeah so basically this morning it hits the presses dudes coming if you if you missed it on tv or on the radio or whatever now it's on your paper getting delivered on your doorstep i'm coming that evening he's dead so the initial tract of the investigation is 
this, this is, is related. drug related. Yeah. Um, and then on the tenth, so three days after he gets killed, the investigator who's working the Clark murder gets a call of I forget exactly what the nature of the initial call was, but he gets called out to a trailer. He goes to the trailer. He's actually first unit on scene. He gets out there, realizes as he walks into the living room of this trailer, whoop, double homicide, drug related. Mm. There's, he says there's um, two dead bodies, gunshot wounds to the head, mm -hmm. cocaine, PCP, out in plain view. What? But you take the dope. You kill them, and then you take the dope. I mean, if you're in the game, if it's just an assassination, if it's just an execution, I'm, I guess. I don't know, but he's so basically— I just can't envision a scenario in which you leave the dope. Well, so it looks like you've got three drug-related murders mm. in three days. Yeah. One of them of police That's a lot for in a his dude house. who's never had a murder before. Yeah, right. and that's a lot for— would you say 13,000 people in this town? Something like that? Yes. 60,000 in the county? Now, whether this was backed up by the FBI's, you know, whatever they do, their annual statistics on crime reporting or whatever. But this one officer who was uh, in work in this case said something to the effect of for a jurisdiction that has maybe one body per every eight years, mm. three in three days. That's a big deal. That appear to all be drug related. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, my God, like there's some I don't know. Pablo is is exacting revenge on somebody. You know what I mean? Like smells like is, Detroit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Listen to the Huntington episode. Um, oh, that could be on a Patreon. So, yeah. oh, yeah, there you go. The underwater episode. <laughs> the yellow submarine episode. So. um They've got that, but really they don't they don't have any suspects on this murder in the trailer. They don't have any suspects really on the murder of Lieutenant Clark. So this green investigator decides, what do I have left? I got the car. Let me see what I can do with the blue Pinto. This Pinto. Contacts apparently the DMV, learns that uh, it was a blue Pinto hatchback. Apparently there are thousands of them registered with the DMV at the time. He's like, great, that gets me nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, so he decides, I think it's probably drug related. Let's start, um, you know, knocking on doors in the drug game. We're going to talk to users. We're going to talk to dealers. We're going to talk to informants. Who knows what, who can tell what us what know. happened. Mm -hmm. And around about that time, threats start getting mailed in anonymously to the sheriff's office. Uh, you're going to get what the other guy got. Oh, um, stop digging or you're dead too. I'm sure they just gave up at that point, right? Things of that nature. I mean, though, okay, so Homeboy gets on the media and is like, uh, well, media ba back then, I mean, it's 81. So he talks to a news crew mm -hmm. and said, hey, we coming. It's about to happen. Right. Don't they have cases that are pending then? Of people they've obviously been investigating. Identified. Right. That's a good point. That they can look into to see if they're involved. Yeah. The, whoever like they was about to hit. Like if he says we're coming, you, they have someone in mind they're about to hit. Right. You would think. And, and they never, they didn't mm. say who specifically these, the targets were necessarily. Right. Or maybe it was just posturing. They'd have to be that, suspect number one though, well, right? Or maybe it was just posturing generally. I take crime seriously. We're, you know, like just, there is no identified target. Oh. You know what I mean? It could have been one of those types. I, I don't really know. really a poor decision. Um, but so after... Like I said, knocking on doors, an informant comes forward and says, I can tell you who sh who blasted those dudes in the face at the trailer. Mm. And they're like, okay, say more. Yeah, let's solve 66% of these murders. Right. And he Oh, goes, just FYI, same weapon type as cop or it different? Was, it, there was nothing to suggest the exact weapon type, but it, they didn't clearly say, oh, this was a shotgun with same. I think it was probably a pistol of some sort. They okay. might have referenced a revolver or something, but some pistol, not a shotgun. OK, I was just wondering. Um, and he says he's like, he says, what I know is there's a black guy named Washington and a white guy named Jones. They did it. So somehow investigators are able to figure out who Washington and Jones are. And um, that they are from the Cleveland area. 
So this investigator calls the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office and asks, are you all familiar with Washington and Jones? Um, they're persons of interest in a double homicide we got down here. Mm -hmm. They go, oh, yeah, we know them. Actually, on some unrelated beef, we got them in custody right now. So okay. these investigators drive up from Washington County to Cuyahoga County. Uh, they go. It's and, Cleveland, right? Yes, Cuyahoga. Cleveland. And so they go and speak with. They don't specify which of the two, but they speak with uh, at least one of them. And apparently the guy just kind of spontaneously goes, it was just supposed to be a ripoff. And so they're like, OK. But then why would they leave the drugs? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess they blasted him and got scared. I mean, they, well, just, they just murdered two people. I don't know what happened, but we just we didn't go in here intending to have two bodies on us. And we're getting the hell out of here. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, if the point is the ripoff, you still do the ripoff. What's the ripoff for if you ain't going to take the drugs? Well, you know, one of them tried to fight. That's what it was. Right. One of them died one of them, for nothing. One of them didn't lay over. And so they got got. Yeah, I mean, they I'll, got I'll, real scared and they forgot all about that dope. Right. I'll put a gun in somebody's face, but we ain't nobody was supposed to die. Right. And now that they did, we got to get gone. <laughs> yeah. Because we just felony murdered somebody. Right. Um, so. You just murdered, murdered somebody. I mean, Probably, yeah. You show up with a gun, you intended to use it. Right. Or you better be. I mean, you it, it's a I'm I'm getting these this dope. It's a heist. But either way, it's a murder. It's a murder. Um but so Ohio got the needle, don't they? Yeah. Uh I believe I mean, prob so. they're probably not gonna so. needle you over killing a dope dealer, but um but so all right, well, if it was just supposed to be a ripoff, what are you talking about? And they they say that they were put up to it by a guy named now I was telling Cheryl about this in the opinion this is is weird it's one of the instances where it really reared its head where they say you know names and places and whatever have been recreated yeah. yeah according to the opinion on the guy who ultimately got got bodied for this they did in the episode they say his name is Bonner in the episode the opinion would suggest the dude's name was Beagle <laughs> so whatever we'll roll with Bonner cuz that's what they did in the episode okay so they say this Bonner guy put us up to it. And so that has credibility with these investigators because they are familiar in Washington County with this Bonner. They dude. know this dude. Yeah, they, they've been investigating him for all variety of crimes to include drug stuff. And apparently, actually, um, he was known to basically control drug operations in the northern portion of this county where Marietta is situated. Um, one of the investigators said he was a master criminal. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and actually Clark himself, Lieutenant Clark had investigated Bonner previously. So can we um, call him Bonner Beagle? I was going to say, Beagle. I keep calling him Bonner Beagle in my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll do that. Um, or Beagle Bonner. I like Bonner Beagle. And so they go, okay, we need to talk to Mr. Beagle. And, um, he agrees to an interview, but he says, I don't know anything I don't about, know, none about none. I don't know nothing about nothing. I can't help you. I would, I wish I could, but mm -hmm. I, I can't. And they got, they got nothing at that point. Um, they go back to the Pintos to calling through those records. You're getting nowhere. They're mm -hmm. just spinning their wheels, trying. Um, and probably then, the equivalent of looking for a Hyundai Elantra circa 2021. Yeah, you know right. I, mean? I got a blue Elantra. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Good. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> it's a white Ford fusion. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a, a little bit of a lull in the investigation. They're not really making any headway. And then one day they learn that, um, there's a guy at the, at a local bar. I think his name is Jimmy Kiston or something like that. Mm, He's overheard drinking at the bar saying, I blasted Clark. Oh, and coincidentally enough, they you will ever get they, so drunk you confess to killing a cop. No, I'm going to say they, I, they may not give those dudes the needle for killing some dope dealers, but they will I mean, kill yeah. you for killing a cop. They will. Right. <laughs> so he's he's apparently spouting off the mouth saying I killed Clark um, and they learn that Jimmy K drives a blue Pinto. Yes, he does. Oh, how about that? And so they go and make contact with Jimmy K and they talk to him 
and they learn that he apparently is just a moron oh, who says what? at the bar, no I way. kill people when he didn't. There was no evidence whatsoever to corroborate his spouting off at the mouth. None. Other than the blue pinto? Well, yeah, right. There was a car, but there was nothing. They, they give people who saw him many lineups? They didn't say how they confirmed or how they excluded him as a person of interest, mm-hmm. but they were they did. They were like, this is not our guy. He's an idiot who who runs his face and says stuff he probably shouldn't. And owns a blue Yeah, right. Um, but then again, you know, like we said, Super so did dumb. thousands of others. Right. Super dumb. So I hope he changed his ways. Dummy. The case. Yeah. Stop going to the bar and saying you murdered people. So the case at that point goes cold. For 30 years. Oh. Oh, just they're still looking through those Pinto records. That's what. Yeah. I mean, they basically were like, we're they not, all burnt up. We're not going to get anywhere. For the, well, actually, so the guy who was the, the young guy who got the nod to lead the investigation, he talked about I don't know how long he stayed on the case, but that basically his wife at the time, I guess this case was eating him up. And his wife at the time basically said, you either give up the case or you give me up. Hmm. And he decided, all right, I'm going to walk away from the uniform. Because hmm. that girl was thick. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it, I don't think it worked out. But I think there were other issues because he said my my wife. You're always the, immediately so embarrassed of what you said. <laughs> really? I, I can't believe I said that. Um, so, yeah, for 30 years, it just goes dormant. Nothing happens. Uh, I guess when this dude called it quits, they were like, OK, well, nobody else could possibly investigate it. We'll just leave that one be. <laughs> And so then in so for this is for all three Mercs. Well, or were they for, were, for Clark? They for really Clark. they're like, OK, okay these probably gangbangers. And well, I mean, and the dudes confessed. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, it was oh they got be, Washington and Jones for the murder of the two people in the trailer. I, I assume they don't really talk much about that. I mean, I guess when they gave the confession, that was enough. But what the, the thrust of the investigation was, let's find this lieutenant who got murdered in his house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that angle for 30 years, they got nothing. And then I guess around about 2012, there's a new sheriff in Washington County, and he wants to institute a cold case unit. Yeah, he do. And he asks a more seasoned investigator, do you want to lead this cold case unit? And case number one, Lieutenant Jones. So Clark. Saying Clark, sorry. Clark. Clark. And I was looking at something else. And uh, Ray Clark. Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Yeah, Ray, Ray Joe. Joe. Ray Joe. Ray Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy goes, well, uh, yeah, no, I absolutely want to do that. We want justice for for Lieutenant Clark. But um, damn, this file has 18,000 pages. So it's going to take me a minute to get up to speed. But regardless, they it's, it was a thick file he had to wade through. And they two realized, C's. yeah, two C's. They realized probably what we need to do, it rather than chase DMV records, is we need to enlist the help of more technologically sophisticated agencies. Okay. And they contact the Ohio uh, Bureau of Criminal Investigations. I guess it's sort of like how some of the, I don't know if it, I didn't look how the law enforcement hierarchy works in, in Ohio, whether that's mm-hmm. part of the state police or whether, you know, like in some states you got like the, the Georgia Bureau, Bureau of Investigation. Got right. the GBI. Right. So they, they contact the Ohio BCI um, and a special agent, I guess, gets assigned to assist this Clark investigation. And the first thing they, this uh, BCI special agent decides they ought to do is take the shotgun shell mm-hmm. recovered from the scene, send it to the lab, see if they can get any trace, uh, touch DNA off it. They send it to the lab, no touch. No dice. Nothing. Okay. Um, then... They decide, okay, well, let's go back to the scene and see what we can learn from where it happened. And they go, and I guess ownership of the house had changed hands a few times since he'd been murdered 30 years ago. Um, But none of the structure had changed. So they put a scanner, a 3D scanner in the kitchen area and, and did a scan and I guess they basically using the scan, they determined that the origin of the shot 
was approximately 30 feet outside the window. I don't know if they took like the location of the pellets in the ceiling and then I don't know. They did some trajectory, trigonometry, whatever, and uh, concluded 30, 31 feet. And I, 30 feet feels like a substantial distance from a winder that you then, I don't know, however far dude was inside the winder. You know, I don't know. I, I guess he could have been standing right next to the window or something like that. But yeah, for that type certain. of weapon, I mean, it's a, it's a spread. It, the shorter, the better. You know what I mean? Right. On a sh I mean, you can shoot turkeys and stuff from pretty good, but you're using a different round. This kind of, from what we've read. We just read that, yeah. About number four buckshot. Not I the mean, most reliable if you're farther away. Nah. Well, so so they they come up with the 31 feet conclusion. Their, their estimation. Yeah. And, um, but they come to the sort of collective judgment that the initial investigator who believed this was drug related was wrong. He got tunnel vision. Mm. This was not, um, you know, they, the way the one in investigator said uh, in, in the, in the episode, he was like, you know, this was not like a drive by mm -hmm. or one of these spray and pray type scenarios. Like we have seen in our careers, all mm -hmm. these idiots who can't shoot to save their lives. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good point. This seemed to be, a calculated stalking one shot that's ever one shot one person used the word sniper like execution sort of deal mm -hmm. and so we think that there's somebody who has a deep-seated hatred hatred mm. has a certain skill set probably military given the boots mm. um and so we're, we want to look into that angle and they also noted, and I don't, I guess somebody had the wherewithal to document this at the time, that the hole in this window that, you know, separated the kitchen from the yard, mm -hmm. the hole was approximately 11 inches tall, 18 inches wide. And so they go, okay, well, let's go test a bunch of different 12 gauges using this four buckshot science at about three uh, at about 30 feet mm -hmm. and we're going to just experiment with different barrel links and see if we can replicate that pattern that that spread um and if it's a barrel length consistent with something more military then perhaps that we're on to something here so i like it they go they do their test shots apparently according to the the one uh bci agent he said that the four buckshot has 27 pellets um he says it's correct longer uh he says so they tested it and a longer more civilian type um shotgun longer barrel mm -hmm. shotgun that's typically used in civilian applications with that four buckshot at 30 feet the pattern was a, the, the spread was about five by five mm. and so they were like okay in order to get a greater spread, we probably need a shorter barrel. So they test it with an 18 inch barrel and they get a pattern of about 11 by 18. Interesting. And they immediately, I think, are floored because supposedly, according to them, I don't know if this is true. Maybe it's not nationally, but at least in their neck of the woods, they're floored because they're, they know that an 18 inch barrel is what typically law enforcement officers carry. So I guess, you know, when you've got the the, the shotgun yeah, the in your cruiser, pump. it's mm -hmm. 18 inches. So they're like, holy shit, this might have been a cop who murdered a cop in his house. Um, oh, damn. So they comb back through the file, this 18,000 pages in 30 plus years of investigation by this point, And they go, what sort of like what officer would have wanted to kill LT? Joe, Joe Ray? LT Joe Ray Clark. Mm -hmm. And they realize that this criminal mastermind, this Bonner Beagle, he back in the day, in in the 80s, of maybe it was like a couple, uh, maybe a few months, few weeks, few months before Clark got got, he complained of an incident of being arrested on a breaking and entering. He maintained his innocence, said, I did not do this. The deputy who hooked him up and was transporting him back to the jail or wherever for processing 
stopped along the way, beat the shit out of him, mm. took him down to the river, oh. held a gun to his head and said, you're going to confess to this. And he, after he said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever, and was able to talk this officer off the ledge, he gets booked into jail, I guess, and he promptly files a complaint with the Washington County Sheriff's Office. So that complaint, that civilian complaint of, of excessive force gets investigated. And the guy who's given the nod to spearhead the investigation is Lieutenant Clark. Lieutenant Clark looks into it and concludes that there is enough substantiation that the officer who was alleged to have engaged in this misconduct needs to get gone. He needs to be axed. I mean, this is this is well before body cam and all the other kind of stuff. Mm. I wonder how you substantiate that. I mean, it is awfully specific set of allegations. Yeah. And I don't recall. Like, he took me to the spot at the river. Yeah. And, you know, you know I, what I mean? I don't know if maybe, that was maybe back. Maybe someone saw it. Right. I was going to say, I don't know if that was river. back in the day where, like, either maybe there was a witness or it was back in the day where, you know, you had a partner who rolled around with you. You always have two officers in the cruiser. And mm. it's like, okay, well, maybe that did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, I didn't see what happened at the river, but, yeah. Bonner Beagle did come back pretty fucked up. He had a gash in his head or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Um, well, and I reckon they probably taken photos at the jail when you come in. I mean, that's been a thing. Maybe or maybe there was documentation. He got to the jail and he was he was fucked up. Right. So report says he was arrested without incident in his living room. Right. With a search warrant. But he comes in with a <laughs> yeah, that, face all jacked his, up. His face would suggest otherwise. Hmm. Um, but so Clark basically says, yeah. This this deputy needs to go. And the guy, the deputy who got fired was a guy by the name of Mitch Ruble. Russian currency Ruble. Mm-hmm. And he, um, obviously, as you can expect, Ruble is just irate. You know, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're going to side with this shit bag over right. me. You're right. going to fire me over this guy, this right. master criminal. Are you kidding? Right. You're talking to Vladimir Putin, buddy. Right. And you're going to fire me because I roughed up Putin. Mm. Right. So. They start to look into now. Here we are, 2012, 2013. They start to look into Ruble. Okay, yeah, sure. He would have been mad with Clark a few months, weeks, whatever before Ruble, uh, before Clark got murdered. But did he really do it? I don't know. Yeah, and, and you may have said what was the time between when this investigation was going on and when the when the getting got happened. So this this complaint that Bonner Beagle filed and and the ensuing internal that resulted in. Um, uh, and and Rubel being fired. fired was within the months or weeks before okay, so Clark got killed. Okay. Um, so they start to look at Rubel. They say, who is this guy? They learn he was a Vietnam combat vet. He was apparently a gun fanatic. And actually, before he got terminated from the sheriff's office, had suggested to the sheriff that they use uh, number four buck in their duty shotguns because it's a good shell I, whatever mm, i don't know for reasons previously stated upon the record right yeah i guess we're not going to over penetrate but we're going to get our we're going to get our, get our man mm-hmm. and so he's sitting there pushing this particular round before he gets fired and he although registered in his wife's name drove a floor a blue ford pinto oh this is looking better so they learn that um Back in 1981, when Clark was murdered, that Ruble had a girlfriend. I think I think he was married, but he had a side piece. Mm-hmm. And the weekend of the murder, she made a comment that I guess she'd heard about Clark and his presser and all this and said that, man, I think he's a good dude. He's trying to clean up these streets, finally do something about this mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And he goes off the deep end. And apparently made a comment that was um, Clark would be better, quote, six feet under. And then he leaves in his Pinto in a fury. <laughs> and he drops away in his Pinto. Yeah, right. Like Mr. Incredible Car. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so when they learn this, they say, hey, uh, hey, Rube, hey, Rubes, mm. why don't you come on in? And he says, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll come in. And they're asking him about it. Hey, uh, did you ever kill Ray Joe? <laughs> hey, bro. And he was like, no, nah, I have an alibi. I was with my buddy. 
So they talked to Buddy. Was he driving the Pinto? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so they talked to Buddy. And apparently he is willing to speak with them for the, the, the interview of friend takes about four hours. And they say that dude clearly wanted to talk because if he didn't want to talk, he wouldn't have sat there for four hours. But that he demonstrated like palpable fear of this ruble guy and he was not going to implicate him. So the way they put it, I don't know, maybe it actually is a thing in Ohio and in, in, a, in a small county sheriff's department. But they said that they were able to offer him witness protection. And I think the opinion says something about immunity, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Basically, look, man, if you were involved, just tell us what happened and we'll, we'll give you a pass, basically. Mm -hmm. And he goes, OK, 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 OK. Free pass on a cop killing. Right. Take it. I'll spill the beans. And he says that the night of the murder, uh, Ruble shows up and says, hey, you still got that shotgun I let you borrow? And he says, yeah, I got it. He says, get it. We're going. We're leaving. And he says, um, where was the quote here? Let's go kill a certain lieutenant. And the dude is like, yeah, whatever. You're just talking. I mean, I'll get the shotgun and we'll hop in the car. But like nothing's going <laughs> nothing's to nothing's happen. I mean, you're not serious. Well, let's go. Yeah, I got some extra number four buck. Yeah, he's like, okay. I mean, whatever. Thought we was going to the range and put his picture on the target. Yeah, right. Like, true. <laughs> He, he didn't take it. He's claimed he didn't take it seriously. Take he got, serious. He got but he was down to ride. Yes. And so they get in the car. They get in the blue Pinto with this shotgun. And and does uh, this dude, does this dude have any connection to Lieutenant Joe Ray? No. No, he don't know him from Adam. Yeah, he doesn't know him. He okay. doesn't know anything. He just says, let's go kill us a certain lieutenant. And he's like, uh, sure, man, whatever. And so they leave. And he says he's not even really familiar with where they're going. But then they go to this little cut next to dude's house and they park and then ruble gets out with the shotgun and there's a little At bit of discrepancy point, between the was fact he concerned well so there's a little bit of discrepancy between the episode and at least the way i understand the facts from briefly reading the opinion before i came in here Fake the news. episode said that dude got cold feet while waiting on ruble to return to the vehicle and he just left the investigators earlier in the episode said well there was no you know I mean, like if these people are are in the area right after the shooting, mm -hmm. they just missed Ruble walking around with a shotgun afterward because mm -hmm. right. his ride left. Like, I don't understand. Or do you that. think his ride walked? I mean, if it was Ruble's car. You well, think he, he says, I, I think he, the way I took it was, I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he just foot bailed and walked back to his house and, and Ruble came back and drove his own car. That could have been what happened. I don't know. But he says, I left before. I didn't hear any shots. I left. I got scared. And then when I left, and obviously Ruble knew. But the I left, reason they thought two people were involved is because they sent the dude and heard the shot in such close in time together. Yeah, it right. couldn't have been the I same mean, dude. I don't know. You Whether, know, eyewitness testimony. Yeah, not always. Mm. Not always reliable. But I mean, can be. But I mean, it seems it was. They yeah. identified a dude sitting in the car, yeah, hiding his tell. face, mm -hmm. and another dude who got the shot. That seems to be accurate. You ain't wrong. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the dude did see him sitting behind the wheel, and then shortly before the shot was fired dude had pieced out I, I who knows but he he claims to investigators as they portrayed in this episode you know however many years later that uh he went back to his apartment and then ruble angry that friend bailed on him mm -hmm. showed up at the house held a knife to his ribs and said i'm trained to basically like stab you in the rib cage and twist the knife properly that nobody will ever hear you and i will kill you you're not going to say anything about this to anybody or you're dead. Um, and so they conclude this is a very interesting, compelling story. But what we want is the gun. And they learn from this friend that Ruble attends an annual um, reunion, if you will, with his Air Force buddies at some military something or other near Columbus. And this was coming up soon. So they go to this location in Columbus and they surveil it. They get pictures of everybody going in and coming out and they run it through, run the faces through faces, facial recognition software. They get names, identifications, locations, 
for all these dudes. They go out to all their houses individually. Did you ever buy a gun or obtain a gun, however, trade, whatever? Did you ever acquire a gun from Ruble? They go down the list. No, did no. I miss that they didn't think that maybe he still just had the gun? I guess they assumed he's not that stupid. Okay. Um, and I actually, I think that the, I think that's right. I think that the friend said something to the effect. He sold of, it to. Yeah. I think they're like, well, do you know anything about this gun? And he's like, you know what? A matter of fact, I think he gave it to one of his buddies or whatever. Cause I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, I heard though. I think that he sold it to whoever. And so they're like, oh, okay. Well, that's why we want to actually attend this thing. And they go down the list of all the attendees and, um, probably didn't tell his buddy he had a body on it. Yeah. Right. All the attendees, no, 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 no. Until, according to them, the last guy on the list. You ever get a gun from Ruble? Yeah. Got it right here. You want to see it? Mm, Sure, we do. And uh, it was an 18-inch shotgun, and a 12-gauge shotgun. And I don't understand that there was no reference in the opinion to, you know, challenging the, the validity of any forensics ballistics whatever that might have been done but the officers and the way they framed it in the episode was this was an incredibly unique gun Hmm. and they were satisfied that this was their weapon Hmm. and um so they go okay we think we have enough here to get a warrant on ruble we want to arrest him and what they do is they unfortunately i guess for ruble he and his wife round about the same time that they have found this shotgun they believe to have been used in the murder. Ruble and his wife were victims of some kind of credit card fraud incident. So they came up with the ruse of, hey, why don't you come on down to the office, give us a little bit of information related to this credit card beef. And when he walks into the office, they hook him up. How fortuitous. And simultaneously, the SRT team goes to his house, executes search warrant, in the basement, they find uh, fuses, the, the bodies or cases or whatever you call it, and um, the powder necessary to make uh, grenades, bombs, ah. in his basement. And apparently the one deputy was like, I have literally in my life never seen so much ammunition in one place at one time. The dude had a straight up arsenal. So he's the dude from Tremors? More or is less, it? yes. He is, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh Bert. Bert. He is Bert. He is Reba's husband. Mm-hmm. Um and but yeah, has like he yeah, right, the 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 sticks of dynamite that they're throwing at yeah. the at the graboids. Yeah, that's my man right here. He's got it in the basement. <laughs> He's got all the parts. And um they're like, holy shit. And apparently there was a little bit of reference into whether it was properly admitted at trial, but apparently right after, you know, he walks in and they're like, get him. And they, they put the they put the cuffs on him. There he is. There yeah. he is. Get him. And uh, after they hook him up, they say something to the effect of, are we going to find anything in the house that could hurt officers or something like that? And he says, I sure hope not. And uh, that came up. And so they tried him in. Um, well, so in September of 14, 33 years after the homicide, the Washington County grand jury charged ruble with aggravated murder and in 2015 there was an initial jury trial that resulted in a hung jury Mm. and then in 2016 tried him again one more again and they bodied him and he got life in prison and interestingly enough um because i guess he was a law enforcement officer and they were so concerned about his safety I forget when it was, uh, 17, 17, 18, something like that. Since, since he got convicted, he, he now dead. Oh, he he died of natural causes in prison. But interestingly enough, despite being convicted in, um, Washington County, Ohio, he died at a facility in Boise, Idaho, where he did his time because they were worried they couldn't keep him alive in Ohio. But all the way to Idaho? Uh, yeah. I read that and I like I had to I kept searching for articles that would explain. I was like, why the hell is this man in Idaho? I kept saying died in Boise. Dies in, I was like, life in Ohio, dead in Boise. Somebody's gotta help Some, me. And then I found something that was like, Yeah, no, they just I guess the good folks of Idaho were like, We'll take him. And I, I don't know. 
Wow. But he didn't get got. He just died of natural causes. Yeah, they said natural causes. How old was he? I don't recall offhand. I would have to say at least in like the in his sixties. I I mean, he was a Vietnam vet, and then he was as of thirty years ago, he was a Vietnam vet. Right, Mm -hmm. right, and he was a police in eighty one. Right, and she. <laughs> so yeah, that is the the interesting case of Mitch Rubel and the murder of Ray Joe Clark, LT uh, Emeritus, I suppose. Indeed. But yeah, that was an interesting one because I'm just like, oh okay, I'm, I'm watching the show. I'm like, drugs, drugs. Yeah, there's gonna hmm. be this, this, like you said, it's gonna have some Detroit connections. This is gonna be wild. A cop? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shift change. Woo. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like. I mean, I can understand being salty about getting fired, but blasting a man in his kitchen while he's just trying to watch some Balancesto, that's messed up. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. I mean, you reckon that guy's pro- probably lived a life. I mean, the oh, Ruble. Ruble, yeah. He probably seen some things. Yeah, no, he probably, I don't know, maybe he, he might have had a couple screws loose. You yeah, know, but, sure sounds like it. But Well, I mean... He took the dude down by the That's river. That's what I'm saying. Like, that is shut up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was Bonner Beagle, but still. Right. You right. gotta admit to this burglary or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I ain't do it though. You did too. Yeah, no. Wow. It, but yeah, so that is that case. Huh. What a whole lot of interesting stuff going on in the appeal, really. Just, you know, standard, well, this and that was wrong. And they were like, no, nah. there was there was plenty to get you, man. Harmless. Yeah, pretty much. Harmless era. It sounds like they had plenty to get to man. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, with with they Snitchy had McSnitcherson flipping on him. Friend, without that, friend dude. snitched. Side piece snitched. Mm-hmm. About, they got the gun. They got yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't know how you can. I, you would know better than me. Yeah, I, 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 we've never, at least I've never professionally seen a shotgun case and being able to, nah. you know, do ballistics comparison like you can I mean, a, a, a rifle I wouldn't round think, right? A, Most of them are smooth I mean, barrel. all homie sold it right after this happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's circumstantial for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, and from like, their testing, it's the same type, same barrel length. Sure. Right. Yeah. And you got, oh, and I did, yeah, they did have that testing. That was nice. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of cool. They did, They just showed like, I mean, this wasn't actual, <laughs> you know, camcorder stuff, but it was like, they just showed the, just they pulling just out, pulling out shotguns out of a, yeah. Out of a, they're just in the warehouse shooting windows, man. Yeah. 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 Oh, they also talked about the the extent of this dude's arsenal in the basement, all of the like, you know, explosive charge and whatever. Mm-hmm. That they were like, we can't leave this. The only thing we can do with this <laughs> is blow it up. Yeah. Because otherwise it'd be That's what the ATF AF. do, right? Like, I, so I can't have it here. They apparently called in the bomb squad, uh, got it, took it out. They got a farmer to let them use a portion of their field. They took a backhoe, oh. dug a big ass hole and blew it up. And that then he said that awesome. he was like, yeah, we were, you know, a healthy distance away, safe distance. And the ground was shaking. He was like, probably could have hooked it up to the Richter scale. It was a huge charge when we blew it all up in one, you know, fell swoop. Oh. So yeah, dude was waiting for Charlie to come through the front door. I guess. I don't know. He was, he was waiting for something. So you ain't got wife, to wife more upset about the uh, murder or the side piece. Oh, I don't know. They didn't ask her how she felt about it. I, his infidelity or his homicidal tendencies. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one, right? Interesting. Yeah, a little, interesting little, pl- little plot what? twist. Yeah. yeah. A little one and done. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's nothing, a good story. Nothing crazy, but yeah. Now, chances that Ray does another one before you or I get one done. If I, I can find know. a short one like that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. I've been I've been real tired leaving dude, here. Dude, dude, you know it's so winter I, time. Yeah. It's dark. Hibernating. It's dreary. It's cold. Everything sucks. Like I said at the extravagance, I got like three in the hopper that I'm gonna do. Yeah. I just I just gotta start taking notes, write stuff down. Yeah, I gotta do that too. Actually do some more research. I gotta use my it. weekends. Mo better. Yeah. Because, like, what am I doing? I ain't cutting grass. I ain't being outside. I should be being productive with the podcast. And speaking of, <clears throat> I, there, probably some of it will get cut in, some of it will get cut out, but flirting with a Patreon coming. So keep your eyes, you know, keep them peeled for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be much more motivated to do more podcast stuff on the weekends bet, if we're going to get paid for bet, it. Bet, bet. We're going to get more content if you give us money. Um <laughs> And uh, the 
if there's stuff that you if you're like you know what i think being in the patreon might be cool but i would want this send us an email no true bill podcast at gmail.com i ain't saying we'll say yes worst <laughs> we can say is no we, we won't we won't eat you right you know? um and uh, yeah no true bill podcast gmail.com instagram uh we try to update that sometimes when we put out new episodes and everything else um, any, anything else we got going on? Anybody? Season two. Yeah. Hi. Hey. That's right. What you know about it? Season Get hyped. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped. <laughs> I think the people are too. So uh, that's great. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy it. And until next time, y'all stay out of trouble. I just this opinion was sitting over here in the corner, and I needed it to to be a cup holder for my uh, for your Comey's homies yeah, mug for yeah exactly. And I just it's an opinion, and it is State of West Virginia versus Sherilithia Holmes, <laughs> aka Bunny Holmes. Oh, indeed, that's a, that's a good read. That's that's, that's a. That's Cheryl's name in the street. Cheryl. Cherylithia? You looking for Cheryl? <laughs> no, you, you, you came to the wrong spot. This yeah, is Cherylithia. Cherylithia. You know what the, it the is. The bridge to Cherylithia. <laughs>